Okay. Well, good morning. Who was here last week for the baptisms? Yeah, a lot of us. What an amazing morning that was. For those of you that were able to be there and were there, um, I think there were seven people baptized. We heard seven completely different stories. Younger people, older people, male, female. Seven completely different stories. But each one coming to a point where they decided that they wanted to put down the authority to live their own lives by themselves, for themselves, and to take up living in Jesus' way, living as Jesus taught, living for a kingdom of God. It was an incredibly powerful and exciting morning. So for those that were baptized last week and are here with us this morning, thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing your testimonies and your lives and and allowing us to celebrate with you. I want us to cast our minds back a little bit further as well. Can you remember if you were here for Sarah's talk? Anybody here for Sarah's talk? Okay. Yep. A few hands, but not as many as last week. So I missed Sarah's talk. We were in France. So in preparation for this morning, I was doing my homework and I was listening to it online. And as I listened to Sarah reading the words of scripture really slowly, I could feel my spirit rising up as she spoke those words. The spirit of truth sort of hovered over them and and welled up. And I was like, whoa. And when it came to the end, I have to confess, I thought to myself, well, what on earth could I add? What could I add this morning? I could not imagine anybody sitting in the room listening to those words of scripture and that talk that she gave and their heart not responding. So my prayer is that this morning, whatever journey that started in you, whatever journey you're continuing in, will come to fruition. Because at the end of this service, I would like to give an invitation to those who have not yet put down their living for themselves, by themselves, and taken up the more, the living the way God intended us to live. So, our passage uh, this morning, and um, we're coming up there, and and I want to say a huge thank you to... um, I don't know if I'm allowed to embarrass you by saying it's Grace up in in the room there. She's, She's... We're all running a little bit short um, this morning. Everybody's doing about five different roles. So we're, we're running with it, and whatever we get is a, is a bonus um, at the moment, frankly. Uh, <laughs> so the passage that we're going to read is Colossians 2, 6 to the end. This was written to a group of believers. It was a, it was a house church. It was established and founded on good, solid foundations, good solid foundations. But then over the years, some of the influences of the time began to creep in 
And instead of wholeheartedly, single-mindedly living the gospel, they were beginning to add customs and practices that diluted their attention. That's the context to which this passage is written. But what's the context that I'm reading this passage to? Us. Well, actually, I think that we have within us not just those who are rooted and grounded and know the faith and have been walking the faith for a long time. We have numbers of those. But we also have, as we saw uh, last week, fresh believers, new believers. But I also think we have those that have not yet fully embraced this journey. As a church, for those of you who are visiting, um, I'll give you a little bit of an explanation. And for those that maybe haven't been for a number of weeks, we are at a point, a moment when we believe we are at a moment of increase. We have had many, many pictures, prophecies, scriptures from the family of YCC here about the walls of Jericho, the river and the bones in the book of Ezekiel. The walls are about addressing our fear, the things that stop us moving into victory for God. The rivers are about complete submission, the falling, the submitting, the trusting, the letting go. And the bones are about faith because frankly, We cannot do this without God. We cannot do this without God. Okay, so on our uh, prayer meetings, we're having seven, seven times. They walk around the walls of Jericho. We were having seven Thursday evening uh, special prayer times. And a couple of things came from this Thursday. And one of them was this sense of quickening, this sense of something stirring but the more is beginning to stir in more and more hearts. And for those of you who are C.S. Lewis fans and have read the books of Narnia, Aslan is on the move. Aslan is on the move. Will you run with him? Will you run with him? Okay, so if we are well established in the faith, let's open our hearts for what God might be saying of the more to us. If we're new believers, let's start that journey of, God, speak to me. And if we have not yet decided that this is for us, then I would really encourage you just to say, God, if you are there, if you are real, then stir me. And we'll see what God does. Lord, I pray that your words... Well, your words are sufficient. So I pray that as I read these words, the power of your scripture, the power of the truth of you will touch our hearts and change us. Okay, so if it's possible, if not, I will be reading it from here. Okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Okay, I'm one this is that in the message um, 
That would be good. Okay, thank you. Um, okay, yes, of course, right. So my counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You've received Christ Jesus the Master. Now live him. You're deeply rooted in him. You're well constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. And let your living spill over into thanksgiving. Watch out for people who try to dazzle you with big words and intellectual double talk. They want to drag you off into endless arguments that never amount to anything. They spread their ideas through the empty traditions of human beings and the empty superstitions of spiritual beings. But that is not the way of Christ. Everything of God gets expressed in Jesus. So you can see and hear him clearly. You don't need a telescope, a microscope, or a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without him. When you come to him, that fullness comes together for you too. His power extends over everything. Entering into this fullness is not something you figure out or achieve. It's not a matter of being circumcised, which I'm sure we're all very, well, half the congregation is very glad about, or keeping a long list of laws. No, you are already insiders, not through some secretive initiation rite, but rather through what Christ has already gone through for you, destroying the power of sin. If it's an initiation ritual you're after, you have already been through it, submitting to baptism. Going under the water was a burial of your old life, and coming up out of the water was a resurrection. God raising you from the dead as he did Christ. When you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. And God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it, all sins forgiven. The slate wiped clean, the old arrest warrant cancelled and nailed to Christ's cross. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. So don't put up with anyone pressurizing you in details of diet, worship services or holy days. Those things are mere shadows cast before what was to come. The substance is Christ. Don't tolerate people who want to run your life, ordering you to bow and scrape, insisting you join their obsession with angels or that you seek out visions. There are a lot of hot air. That is all they are. They're completely out of touch with the source of life, Christ, who put us together in one piece, whose very breath and blood flows through us. He is the head and we are the body. We can grow up healthy in God only as he nourishes us. So then, if with Christ you've put all that pretentious and infantile religion behind you, why do you let yourselves be bullied by it? 
Don't touch this, don't taste that, don't go near this. Do you think that things that are here today and gone tomorrow are worth that kind of attention? Such things sound impressive if said in a deep enough voice. They even give the illusion of being pious and humble. But they are ascetic. They're just another way of showing off and making yourself look important. Okay, we're going to look at a few aspects of this passage. Live him. Just as you received Christ Jesus the Master, now live him. What does it mean to live him? When we come into relationship with Jesus, at that point, not only are we forgiven, but we are empowered and we are equipped to join in. Jesus said later in the Gospels, which the Colossian church did not have the, uh, the privilege of reading because they hadn't been written yet, greater things will you do greater things will you do. Greater than Jesus, greater than the things that Jesus did, will you do because I have gone to the Father. Do we actually believe that? Do we believe that we'd even do what Jesus did, let alone greater things? But the scriptures are true. Greater things will you do. Greater things will you do because I have gone to the Father, because I will live with you, empowering you, equipping you, because you have placed your heart within my heart. It's important that we get from knowing it to believing it to living it. Aslan is on the move. Will you run with him? And I love these verses about baptism. The forgiveness of sins, it's an amazing gift. It is the gift of God for his children. It is that come to me, I will wash you clean. God brought you alive right along with Christ, all sins forgiven, the slate wiped clean. I think many of us in our Christian journeys struggle still to really accept that there is no longer any guilt or shame. The moment you say, Lord, I've blown it again. I've done it again. That harsh word has come out of my mouth. That negative thought, that whatever it is, Lord, forgive me. We are forgiven. It's a truth. It takes years for us to need it into our spirits and our souls and our thinking but it is a truth we are forgiven the message entitled this um, this passage shadows from the shadows to the substance the old testament was the shadow of the bright shining perfectly clear vision of reconciliation, that is Jesus. Everything in the Old Testament was just trying to look as close to Jesus as it could within the confines of the people and the situation. So Paul writes to the Colossians, don't 
keep looking at laws to live your life by. You don't need to walk in the shadows. You need to walk in the light. And the only way we can live effectively in the light is to be found within the light, is to be found in Jesus, is to assimilate his thinking, his heart, his words. And the only way we get to do that is to become intimate with him. Every miracle Jesus did was replicated by a human being. Just a thought, you might like to think about that. Every miracle Jesus did that we hear about in the Bible was replicated by a human being. It is for us. We can do this. We really can. This is not a gospel for those who are weak. This is not a gospel for those people who haven't got a backbone and can't think for themselves. This is a gospel that takes us in our humanity and makes us so much more. Every breath nourishes us. As we examine our hearts within the heart of God, we are changed. We grow in our authority as we begin to become confident in what God desires because we begin to know what he desires. And we grow in our confidence to speak out and to stand firm and to call in the miracles. So are we, when we come to the end of these seven weeks of walking around the walls of Jericho, going to be a name it and claim it people? Uh, maybe, some of us, maybe, a bit more? Do you know what, that's not, that's not my journey. That's not my journey. It may be some people's journey to find that courage to step out, to be bold. But my journey has been quite a different journey. And it started with the simple mantra of, okay, God, I want to see your face. I, want, I didn't even understand what that meant, to be quite honest with you. But that is the call, to know God. Because it is only as we seek the heart of the Father through the life of the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit, because then I got them all three in and I won't get in a muddle because that's good. We pursue God and then we get his heart and then we start to live differently. Now, Sarah talked about needing scripture sort of into your soul and there's nothing better than preparing for a talk. I tell you, you live it, you breathe it, um, worry is a sin, but never mind, sorry, Lord. You wrestle with it. You, you care. You want it to be effective. That wrestling with Scripture, that, that I don't know, feasting on Scripture, the bread, it's not called the bread of life for no reason. It contains nourishment for our souls. If you're not regularly reading your Bibles, start. Just just start. And if you don't know where to start, ask somebody where they started or what they think you should start with. Start anywhere. Preferably in the New Testament. Probably. But actually, also, 
Read the Jericho stories. Read the Ezekiel River. Read the dry bones. Start to read the scripture and make it real. Music. Some people come to God through just soaking in spirit-filled music. I'm married to a musician. Sadly, I am not very musical. But for some people, that is their way of, of intimacy with God. Walking, running, cycling. Work out your conversations with God as you walk, as you run, as you cycle. Oof. But I want to share some... I want to share some bits from my journey. My journey, my way is to write. That's what I do. I write. So it's a big book. I hope it's not going to fall off this because otherwise, goodness only knows. Okay, this, this is my worship. This is it. Okay, I can't really, if I pick it up, it'll probably, yeah. Okay, look, it's, it's, it's kind of pretty. Okay, it's, it's pretty. Here you are, it's pretty. Okay, so, um, so I have two things I do with this. Sometimes I go up in my studio and I make pretty pages. That's what I do. I stick and glue and paint and I cut things out and I stick them on. And, and I thank God and, and I enjoy the emotion that the colours and the shapes and the patterns make me feel happy. That's just the way I am. And I just make beautiful pages and I thank God. And that's what I do. And other times, I go up into my studio and I flip through. So we don't go chronological. There's nothing chronological about me. We we go here and there. We go backwards and forwards because God goes backwards and forwards. He goes into our past. He's in our future. He stands in our present. So so I just pick my page. And and sometimes I, anyway, we do crazy things with, with my book. But I take two pens now and I pour out my heart in one pen and then I write what God says to me in my other pen. So I want to share with you seven, seven little snippets. None of them are very long. Some of them are very short. And as you listen, just see if God speaks to you through them. Because they are, they are for me. Because, because they are what God said to me. But they are for us. This is, I honest, this is the heart of God for every child of his. This is just a, just a smidgen of his heart for us. And if the way I express it helps you, great. And if not, then you just, just, just be with, in God's presence. Before I, write, before I read this, I want to just give you a quote, which isn't mine, about, about our authority. And, and, and in this quote, it was, God's power doesn't not quite grammatic, doesn't and isn't an endorsement of you, the extent to which I reveal my power in you is about how much you know me, not how much power you have received. Our authority in Christ is only sustained through our intimacy with him. Authority without intimacy is frankly dangerous. Okay, so I'm going to share with you these seven, um, these seven little bits, and then the worship group will come up. There'll be an opportunity f- to respond. If you want to give your heart to, to Jesus this morning, that would be amazing. If you just want to come up and receive more, that would be amazing. We'll have some, some maybe, if it's possible, 
some gentle strumming. It might not be possible. Um, and then after that, we'll go into a time of communion. Okay, it's just, here we go. Lord, I love you. I love you too. Be still. Know that I am who I am in you, for you, through you. Let go, little one. I know your frailty. It is chaff in the wind. Do not give it substance. Lord, this is freedom. To be released from guilt and shame. It is what I offer my children. What I have always offered my children. And yet they struggle so. The pride of man is a terrible thing. It stands as a prison around their souls. And yet my pierced hands... In my pierced hands, the key is always within reach. Take the keys, set the captives free. You who have found my path, lead the way, shine, that my children will see and follow. And at the moments of birth, our great disruption, the agony cries of the coming of new life, rhythm, breath, trust, and take hold of what is in heaven and birth it onto the earth. Miracles do not need your strength or your talents, only your heart beating with my heart learning to fly. And now the eagles are flying. Now learn to look, not at the ground, but into the skies. The life force of God flows through the center of my being, our being. God spans our life, our past redeeming it, our present central in it, our future covered by it. And his healing love can restore our past. It is sufficient for our present and it is our future's hope. His fruit is for each season of our life. And as we stand in the river of his life, he is fruitful in us and through us and there is healing for others. Little one, I love you. Don't look down, look into my eyes. Learn these rhythms of grace. I will walk them with you. Do not turn away from, I will not, I do not turn away from you. Do not turn away from me. I know your frailty for I was there in the day your body was made. I know your heart, I know your mind. I know you, little one. I have chosen you. Together, we will walk the fields of miracles. Take my hand, for you do not know the way. But if you close your eyes, you will see me. If you cover your ears, you will hear. If you hold your tongue, my voice will sing from your lips. And at my voice, the dead will rise. At my voice, the captives are freed. You will live to see heaven touching earth. 
behold, there is a new rainbow. Close your eyes, open your hearts, and see. I'm going to say the Lord's Prayer now. It's not, it's got the Lord's Prayer in it. And then um, if the leaders and the prayer ministry team want to come to the front, we can have some music. And, and if you just want to respond any which way you want to, there'll be an opportunity. Um, and then perhaps, Pete, you'll be able to see. So when, when that moment comes, then there'll be communion. Um, we're a little bit short in every department this morning, apart from God. Um, so, so you may want to help yourselves or others may just want to, to serve. So do a, do a mixture of both. Let's try not to queue because queuing, you lose the moment in the queuing. So just, just serve each other, be served. Just do it mindfully. Okay. Our Father, who art in heaven... Oh God, you are seated in the heavenlies. Your glory fills the heavens. You are worshipped and the living creatures cry holy. It is you who created all things and who hold all things together. In you, all things were made. Nothing was made without you. Hallowed be your name. There is no other authority that is higher. All things submit to you. Thy kingdom come. All creation groans as in childbirth. It strains towards the completion, the renewing of heaven and earth, the claiming of your bride, her adoration and perfection. Your will be done. All things being pulled towards perfection and end to death, to sickness, to sin. On earth as it is in heaven, even here, even now in this place, moving, transforming, perfecting, give us today our daily bread. Pour, put in our hands, Lord, what we need to stand, to call out, to bring forward your plans and your purposes. Forgive us our sins. Remove all that block our view of your face. In the presence of your glory, our shame is consumed as we forgive others that have sinned against us, let us see your face in everyone. Let us realize that your image is in every person. Let us not get snagged in our own need, but lay ourselves aside to unite your bride. Lead us not into temptation. Keep us on the right path. Deliver us from evil. Push back the powers of darkness that delight in our fall. For it stands and ends only in you, O God, our God. Okay, so if, um, yeah, if you feel you want to make a response, then, then the invitation is there. Um, yeah, be blessed.